Blackbaud Church Management is the only church software backed by the world's leading cloud software company powering social good. This enterprise-level solution goes beyond just managing your church. It seamlessly connects your church to your ministry all in one platform. Blackbaud Church Management connects your staff and congregation, ensuring deeper relationships and effective ministry. To see more, visit hello.blackbaud.com backslash blackbaudchurchmanagement. LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Everybody, welcome back to another amazing episode of Group Answers. My name is Chris Surratt. I'm going to be your host alongside my longtime, good-looking co-host, Brian Daniel. Chris, thank you for that amazing introduction. I'm going to use the word amazing at least a couple more times on this show. Great to be here again. Great to be back. Feels yeah. like it's been a while. Yeah, we haven't recorded one in a while, though we haven't missed a week. We were just ahead. Oh, we know that. And have I told you that you're the most handsomest man on the radio? Uh, no. Well, you are. You say it, it with body language, though. Do we need to edit that out? I said it with my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, thanks for asking how I'm doing, but... Um, <laughs> well, today, I'm kind of stunned over here well, today, in the booth. <laughs> t- I'll be honest with you, today's not great. I'm not in oh, a yeah. great mood. Yep, that's um, right. I'm, we all can tell. I'm playing injured. You want I'm, to tell the story? I'm playing it. Yeah, I'll tell it because okay. uh, Joel Polk is everybody, in the room with us. Everybody brace yeah. yourself. I feel really uncomfortable right now. Should I leave <laughs> you, you two alone? No, no, no. no. <laughs> okay. thanks, thanks for being here, Joel. Okay, great. <laughs> it's good to have a mediator in the room. That's right. Okay. Um, it can get awkward. Joel has been a, a frequent guest, so I don't know that we need to really introduce you, but thanks for being on the podcast again. Once again, it's good to be here. Yeah. Or is it your twin? It's my twin. Because you have a twin, twin brother, and I'm yes. just waiting for that day when you send him and you're not here. Yeah. Awesome. I am my twin. You are correct. Okay. Cool. No, he's in California right now, so. Okay. Good. All right. So uh, we've had this uh, cornhole tournament at Lifeway mm, yes. for like the last six years, it feels like. Mm-hmm. It's been, it, it has been a saga. It's been a month and a half, yeah. something like that. And uh, for those of you who do not live in the South or have never tailgated, Cornhole is this game. Some places it's called bags. I is think. it really? I something didn't know like that. that. I did not know that. Yeah, I think up north, something like that. So, anyways, it's you have boards. They have a hole in the middle back of the board, and you have sandbags. And basically, you try to get on the board, or even better, in the hole. You score points. You play against another team. So our two, new two on two, two on two. Yeah. Yep. So our new president uh, came in, wanted to put some fun into the culture, which is awesome. So he decided let's do a cornhole tournament. So. Asked people to sign up. There were 108 teams. Which is important. Mm. Yeah. It is important to note. Yep. Yep. Write that down if you're listening at 108. home. 108. If you're keeping score at home, 108. 108 teams signed up. Um, the the day they announced it at the chapel, Joel and I happened yep. to be getting on the elevator at the same time. I don't remember who brought it up first, but we were like, do you play cornhole? It's like, yeah. Do you play cornhole? Yeah, I yeah. played. Bags. So we were like, let's do it. So yeah. we teamed up. So we entered this tournament, and it literally was like a month and a half ago. They did like a game a week, and then we had to reschedule several games and stuff like that. So it was a saga. 
But Joel and I uh, were a team. We uh, what was the name of our team, Joel? Uh, shut your cornhole, Chris. Shut your cornhole. Shut it. Which I felt like may have been a, a bit of a statement, but yeah, it was a good statement. So we did this, and our first game uh, was not our best. We almost lost. Yes, we we came. I think we won by like one point or something. We, we had pretty good competition the entire tournament. Yeah, I will say that. And I, I wasn't I wasn't playing my best. I hadn't played in a couple of years. I used to play a lot of cornhole, but we almost got knocked out of the first game. So we won that. We're thinking uh, we got lucky. Well, we kept winning. Winning went on a roll. We went on a roll. We won what six games? Something like that. So, and we we actually took out what everyone considered the best team in the tournament. Cornbread. With some controversy included, but yes. A little bit of controversy. They yeah. don't speak to us. They finished the game only under protest. So, right? Brian, did. you didn't you didn't notice this, but we were talking. As we lost, well, I'll let Chris, but during the middle of the, the match today, which Chris will talk about. Yeah, we're not there yet, but yeah, go ahead. They uh, they were smiling and laughing at, at us. Yeah, we saw them in the back. I stood on an elevator with the two of them uh, one morning, and they would not look at me. I'm sure, that was awkward. I stared at them both the whole time. All right, so 118. 118. Barely made it to the first round. <laughs> yes, we actually won a couple games by one point. Yeah, like, yeah. We, but we, I mean, this culminates it today. Does. It builds. Yes, we're getting to it. So they made this huge day. Final four. <laughs> Commentators, walk-up walk music. music. Yeah. We shot photos for it. It was such a big deal for it not being a big deal. Like yeah. my wife laughed. It's, it's a, you know, it, oh, it's today. <laughs> and when I walked in tired uh, after playing three matches, she did not feel sorry for me. Uh, she wanted me to work more and play cornhole less, but yeah. regardless. Well, my wife loves me more. She actually came to the <laughs> games today. She did. And then she said afterward, maybe I shouldn't have come. <laughs> but, um, but we, yeah, we had a huge deal, invited the entire, entire company, basically. They even put it on a Zoom link so those who weren't here could watch it. Very nerve-wracking, I will be honest with you. We, we hadn't had an audience. They had uh, people with, like, noisemakers and shirts, and there were teams with matching T-shirts. Yeah. And we were not. Yeah. Maybe we, that was a That problem. was it. Yeah. yeah. So we we uh, played our first game. Joel actually played really well. First. Mm-hmm. I think that was maybe your best game of the tournament. Yes. The, guy, mean, though, the, the guy that I played against was the, the best player in the tournament, uh, hands down. Yeah. He was. He was very good. And they ended up winning the whole tournament, which I just gave away the ending, but that's okay. So I played... The worst game of the whole tournament. I just I let it get to me. It was in my head. And I don't know. It just I wasn't even hitting the we, board. We probably still would have lost. We probably they were really good. They were really good. But anyways, we lost the first game. But there's a happy ending. We yeah. made it to the podium. We made it to the podium. They had a third place game, and we won that handily. Yeah, we we made it to the final four. Lost the first game in the final four, and then won pretty big the last the last. It game. wasn't even close. I'm glad that we didn't end up fourth fourth place. You know, fourth or second. Or second, because third, you can put that on, on your like LinkedIn profile or in your bio, you know, third place finishers in the 2019 Lifeway Cornhole Tournament. That has a better ring than runner-up, I feel like. The out cup. Of, yeah, out of 108 the, teams. Yeah. 432 people. Yeah. And Malcolm Gladwell, I just listened to a podcast where they did a study that silver medalists at the Olympics are uh, have less joy than the bronze medal. I feel pretty good right now. Got to be yeah. honest. You yeah. should. Yeah. I, that first game will hurt for a while. I'll yeah. be honest with you. This I'm I am playing injured, but at least there was a good. Injury. So you came so away with the bronze. It's, so the first game in the semifinals you're talking about, right? 
Yes, the first so game, you, the you're final. Playing four. it over and over oh, in your head. Yeah, every yeah. shot, which was not on the board. So yeah, it's but you know we're here and it's good and we're third place and we'll rejoice. Shoot, we, we, we will rejoice it. So, I hate it. I was there. For those of you who are still listening, I know <laughs> we ha- I had to vent a little bit, but uh, I'm excited. We're kicking off a brand new series for the Group Answers podcast. We've been doing some series lately. If you have not listened to the Group Killers. Uh, series, you should go back and check that out. And actually, Facts and Trends, which is a uh, blog here at the uh, at Lifeway, uh, d- uh, turned them into blog posts. So you can check those out as well if you want to. Factsandtrends.org or something like that. So, but we're starting a new series, and what we're going to do over the next three episodes is do kind of a behind the Bible study. You know, if you if you remember VH1, remember the behind the music. I do. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever it. watch those? Are you old enough to yes. watch those? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So they would go and they would like find an iconic band or an album and they would talk about, you always had the same formula where, you know, started out and we were scrappy and we built this thing and then we got on drugs and we lost it all. And then at the end we got it back. I kind of feel like that maybe with Bible studies. So I, you guys are not the drugs part, <laughs> but I'm sure there's a journey. There's a journey that goes along with making a Bible study. And I think a lot of our listeners, most of our listeners, I'm sure, do Bible studies. If you're in a group, you probably have done a Bible study. But I don't know that we really know how the sausage gets made when it comes to a Bible study. What are the ins and outs and the all of the, the trials and the fun and the hardships that come along with making a Bible study? The story behind the study. The story behind the study. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, that's a good, and it's a three-part series, right? So maybe that's the Next name of the series episodes. now, is the story behind the study. Yeah, we just we just did that. Just that, did it. That flows. That just happened. <laughs> Live. I mean. It took all the cornhole to get us there, but yeah. it was worth it, Yeah, I think. You know, I don't feel bad about wasting like seven minutes there, <laughs> because now I feel better. Yeah. It's like a therapy session. Um, so the first one that we're going to tackle is one called The Life of a Jesus follower. That's right, Chris, by uh, Vance Pittman. And uh, this becomes available in February. So we are in the throes of what we call production now. Um, So it begins with the manuscript. Actually, it begins way before that. So we start the conversations, which are probably minimally a year out is the first conversation. So this idea came up a year ago? Um, In some form or fashion, yes. So we had worked with Vance Pittman, what, at least twice? Yeah, I think so. With basic. In a minimal role, basic. Tell us, who is Vance Pittman? Yeah. Well, we had worked with him. Hold on. We worked with him with basic, which is uh, is what we did in the uh, Disciple for Life series, but also um, um, the J.D. Greer resource. That's right. Gospel Uh, above all. He was a contributor to that. But he's been a friend of the team for a while. And Vance is the pastor at Hope Church in Las Vegas, Nevada. And um, in some capacity, he is uh, very closely associated with the North American Mission Board as well and SEND, right? Yeah. He, and he's, yeah. my brother actually is a NAM missionary in, um, in L.A. right now. And he, he told me that, that everybody goes, everybody in the West goes through Hope Church. Um, and it's through Vance Pittman. He has uh, so influential with, with missionaries in, in that part of the country. So Vance is a guy that we feel like God um, has, is lifting up and who speaks through and works through in the lives of not just the people at Hope, but 
in North America and particularly out west, but I guess it's not even limited to that. He is, like Joel is saying, a a voice in the church planning community, but it's it's because of this zeal and the passion that he's got. I mean, when you're around Vance, you can just really pick up how the Spirit is at work in and around and through him. And so Vance has a book coming out. It's about the same time as the Bible study, Yes. Right? Is called Unburdened, and so we were talking with Vance, and Joel really works most closely with the authors in this way, and so we'll turn it over to Joel here in just a minute, but the book Unburdened uh, came to our attention, and then there was the question about, do you want, or we feel like that this could be adapted for groups, and so from there, what we do is we get together as a team and talk through the merit of the message, the merit of the author, which we've already talked about as somebody that we wanted to work through. And then we start developing a concept. And so, Chris, you know this, we just don't take the like book content, slap it on some pages and add some questions and call it a study. Do Let me ask you this. Do all of the Bible studies start with a trade book or do some Bible studies come on their own? Yeah, that's interesting because um, they come in a variety of different ways, primarily through either trade books or sermon series. We also like to, um, there's a couple other ways as well. So for instance, we'll have our uh, gap meetings where we'll decide, hey, we haven't had anything on prayer in a while, or we haven't had um, a a good book of the Bible, let's say in the Old Testament. um, And I would love to do this. Who could we work with? Is anybody preached through this? Is anybody passionate about this? So the the content really comes in a lot of different directions. But yes, a lot of what we do are through uh, working with some agents and 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 just the authors and pastors themselves, um, them pitching an idea, us pitching an idea, and, and this was an easy one for us because it was a it's a core discipleship message. But yeah, but I'm sure having a trade book helps. Oh, for sure, because a lot of the content, or at least the 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 theme, comes from that content. Yeah, so it does help, Chris. But you also have limitations with the trade book because the content you're you're to some degree limited to what is contained mm. in that message. And so, we believe that um, a great study or great small group experience is where an A author, a great communicator intersects with a book of the Bible Bible or theological nuance, nuance that intersects with a, uh, a felt need of some kind or some kind right. of application, life application. You get those three things working together. Trade well, book material doesn't always hit all of those. Right. And so we are, just like anybody would be, very judicious as to what we adapt. Does it fit our audience? Does it fit our mission? Does it fit what we know works with the churches and groups that we serve? So those are all questions that we wrestle with when we are in concept development. And a lot of books now will come with their own kind of group study in them, or they'll have discussion questions at the end of the chapters. So why why should I you know, do the Bible study and not just do questions after a chapter? I think a big reason for me is what you get in the groups, studying content together, coming around a meal together, opening up your Bible together, opening up a study and listening from an expert like this, doing that together um, is a, is a big, is a big deal. And a lot of these, uh, a lot of the questions you'll see in the back of the book are either personal reflections or they could have the, 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 a group in mind, but we are, we are adapting content um, specifically for the group. So the author that's presenting a, a anywhere from eight to 20 
minute um, teaching specifically has the group in mind. The content that we develop in the group uh, section, the group experience has that group in mind where the trade book and the questions and reflections that come sometimes in the trade book doesn't always do a good job of that. Right. I would say, I would answer that question by saying that I, I don't think, and this is not being dismissive of whoever has crafted those questions at the end of the chapters or in the end notes of a trade book, but I would, I would suspect what they don't do is go into weeks and months of concept development with the end user and the uh, with the user experience and the group dynamic in mind mm-hmm. to engineer a group experience from the time that um, that the leader or facilitator pushes play to the time the leader initiates the group with the first few questions to those the the thought that goes into video development and those scripts and how that author is being directed in that way to the group experience itself, which is being mindful of the kinds of questions that are being asked and taking into account the journey that we feel like God wants this group to go on through this content, as well as the follow-up, which we do in different ways, which is that um, those individual assignments or what we call personal study that is between group meetings. So we're very committed to that, that it can be, serve in some ways in a person's devotional or quiet time. Yeah. So all of those things go into what we do that I, I don't think really goes into those questions at the end that I would guess are somewhat of an afterthought. And oh, by the way, that a, you know if someone want to do this, here are a few questions for you. Whereas what we do is so much more intentional than that. Yeah, no, I agree. The books that I've written, I've added some questions at the end of the chapter, and they're more personal reflection. And I'm not thinking of the group setting. And it's not completely an afterthought, but I'm not putting a ton of time into those questions. And you guys are just focusing on how can we make this a dynamic experience for a group to go through. And you're adding videos and all of that. So let's dig into some of the specifics on the life of a Jesus follower. Talk us through kind of what it is, the videos, kind of, you know, all of that stuff. Well, one more thing that I would add on the concept development is it always begins with a day to a day and a half with the author, either at their church where they are or here in Nashville in these offices. And they come in for a day and they we just work on the outline and fleshing the outline out. We call that the Writers and Concept Development Conference. And out of that... We expect a few things, but not the least of which is that a writer will begin writing. So uh, then we develop the manuscript out of that. Joel, that's usually like an eight to 12-week process, I guess, developing that manuscript. Right. Yeah. And then it goes into the pages and into the editorial aspect of it. At some point in there, uh, we in that same day, we develop or at least begin developing the concept for the video shoot, which in this case, we agreed to be in Las Vegas. Yeah. And there's usually a reason why we choose where we go on the location. It's not just because it's cool. It's not just because it's where the author happens to be or where we want to go. In this case, we chose Las Vegas because... Well, because very much a part of this series is uh, is his church and his discipleship model. So we wanted to be there. We wanted to, uh, when he talked about connecting with, with people in his neighborhood, we wanted to shoot the video in his neighborhood. Um, when, when 
when we say, hey, we shot this video in Las Vegas, of course, the first thing that's going to come to your mind is that we shot this on the strip. and that neon. We, Yeah, the neon light. Yeah. And lots actually, of, we did go. Lots of man on the street kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But actually, you'll see the video, and very much that's that's not the case. That's not all of Vegas? No. We actually wow. shot quite a bit of it in um, some of the national parks, um, and we shot some in his neighborhood, literally on his deck, where you're we were talking about what it looks like um, to to share Christ with your neighbors, and, and the video is of him on his deck overlooking the neighborhood. Mm. Um, did you guys go to Red Rocks? We did, um, and I'm not sure if it's actually the Red Rocks. It's actually called the Valley of Fire is where we went, mm. but it was very much Red Rocky. I got to hike in uh, the Red Rocks Canyon, I think, yeah. um, last year, and I don't think a lot of people know that that exists. It's yeah. beautiful. It's oh, 20 it's minutes outside of Vegas. So beautiful. And we also had, of course, we shot some B-roll in, in, in the with the lights. Um, one of the, the sets was in the the sign graveyard. So where the, the signs of Vegas go to die, they actually is a, there's actually a museum. And so we shot in it. That's oh, wow. pretty That's cool. cool. And then the, one of the last sets that we shot at was on a dry lake bed. And it's just really beautiful scenery. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so that's so much of the reason we wanted to go where his church was. And I think that that's a good transition into, to just the, the overall, um, the overall, uh, topic of this, um, is that, that this, this is really divided into three major, uh, sections. Um, it's, it's the three main relationships that Christ had, the relationship with his father, relationships with the disciples, and relationships um, that of people who don't know Christ. And so it was all based on those three relationships. And so we shot in three different locations. So it's eight videos, is that correct? Eight, eight videos, weeks. that's right. Is it divided up in those three sections? Actually, I, I misspoke. There's four different sets. The The very first session and the, eight, the eighth session um, were shot in one location, and yes, they were all shot. So, for instance, the connect, um, uh, or those rather, sorry, the the, the that in your neighborhood, uh, the the chair is was shot in his neighborhood, and so those two sessions, session six and session seven, were shot back to back. So that's kind of the the framework. Gotcha. I like when our group does a, a video Bible study, and I know that the the teacher or the pastor, that that's their mission field, it feels that much stronger. Um, you know, we did, uh, I'm blanking on the name of the study now. Vanderstelt. Yep, Vanderstelt. Thank making you for space. making space. Yep. And it was in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, obviously that's his mission field. And so, and it was very Seattle. It was on the water. He was on a boat and he saw all of that. And it just made me feel like he was more of an expert on the topic just because he was in his mission field. Yeah. The, uh, the, the topic, as Brian mentioned, came out of the, it really had two different pockets of content. One was the trade book, but also what people probably don't know is that this is their discipleship model of hope. And so that's another reason why we shot in Vegas as well, but this is their, this is their discipleship model and they call it the life of a Jesus follower. And as we had conversations in the writers conference and we were to, we were asking to, to explain uh, his vision and hope for this study, he kept on saying, this is our discipleship model. I preach through this series. And, and I asked him, I said, what, what is it called? And he said, well, so it's called the life of a Jesus follower. And I said, that's what we need to call the study. And so that's how that kind of goes back to the 
production of this. So that's why you see sometimes the trade book name being different from the the actual study itself. We did the same thing with Matt Carter, where the trade book is called A Long Walk Home, but it's about the prodigal son. And we knew that there are many uh, leaders in the church and people that are looking for studies specifically on books of the Bible um, or on um, st- uh, parables or whatever. And so that's, that's the reason why sometimes we shift away from naming it the trade book title. That's interesting, because I've wondered that before. Because if you already have kind of the name recognition of a trade book, why would you call it something different for the Bible study? But it might not even be the same market, right? The same people that are that are purchasing it. Yeah, it's a. I mean, that's it's it's always it's always a tough decision because if you stick with the trade book title, you get the brand equity that comes with that. You get to capitalize on groups or individuals that have bought that and been affected by it. And then it's like, oh well, there's a group study. Well, let's let's go the extra step, and I can build on this uh, trade book, this book reading experience that I've had, but. In some cases, that just doesn't work because we think the and I and I think we're right on this that the churches and groups they really want to know at a glance what this study is. They don't want to have to think about it. Well, I call it the Disney the Disney naming convention philosophy. So it's a story about a Little Mermaid in the ocean. What should we call it? How about the Little Mermaid? Hmm. So that's more that's more our approach. And so. We will sometimes deviate from the trade book title because of that, and this is one of those. This is one of those instances. So, Joel, let me ask you: at the end of the day, with this study, the life of a Jesus follower, what do you hope that groups will take out of it? So, that's a really good question because this is a this is a really important core discipleship study, and so there's there's not really a, speci- a specific niche audience for this. It's really a it's really a core like if if there's a church that doesn't know really how to approach discipleship in their church, this is this is a really important study uh, for them. And I'm uh, this is going to feel like I'm reading because I'm going to read, but I wanted to, to to read this because this was the really the felt need. Whenever Vance came in and he shared his vision, this is some of the words that he said, so I wanted to repeat them. He said um, that the felt need of this study is that, that many view Christianity as one of burden and bondage and do's and don'ts. But this study hopes to show that Jesus actually invited us into a relationship with him, not that that we uh, could live for him, but rather so that he could live in and through us. And that's really, that's freedom. Freedom is experienced when we view our relationship with Christ in that way. And so I think that that's Vance's main vision and hope for this study is that we would view our life in that way. And so instead of living for, it would, we would see now that, that, that Christ is living in and through us. That's good. So let's hit the basics again. This is an eight-week study. And do you guys try to keep it, because um, there's, there's some are six, few that are four, some that are eight. What makes that decision? So, uh, again, that's a really good question and, and another very intentional decision. Um, we believe that six to eight is the sweet spot, but in the last, like, couple of years, we've had a couple of studies that were 12 and 13 different small group mm-hmm. discussions or meetings they were actually really popular for us. And so I don't know that there is a magic number. So where Joel and I and team, and really it's Joel leading the production team, I think where he lands is the, we want whatever serves the content best. And in this case, we believe that that was to divide this discussion, this study up into eight small group meetings. How many weeks was Jesus among secular gods? That was six. Six, okay. Yeah. 
So I felt like that was a full, but it covered everything at six weeks. And then some that are eight weeks, I feel like that was, you know, we needed those extra two weeks. Yeah. So, and yeah. some with it. So for instance, one of the ones that Brian's referring to is the Apostles' Creed. Well, the Apostles' Creed is difficult to go through in just six weeks because there's so many elements to the Apostles' Creed. And yeah. so you have to stretch it out in that way. Yeah. So eight-week study, this will be available in February. That is correct. So just a couple of months and the best place to buy it would be? Well, lifeway.com, but you can, you'll be able to buy this, uh, to, to get this anywhere that you buy Bible studies, Amazon, Christian book, uh, probably your local independent store. And if they don't have it, they can order it. Um, will this have the leader, you'll have the leader pack and all that to go along with it. That is correct. And something that we're doing with this, with the life of a Jesus father that we don't do with all of our studies is, uh, the digital campaign kit that will also be available and it will include, so like Joel says, this was a very popular sermon series at Vance's Church, um, but also it's something that's a part of their DNA. We felt like churches might want to do this church-wide, and so the church, the digital church campaign kit is a way that a church can do that if they wanted to at a fairly low cost. It actually has some of Vance's sermon outlines on there, so if they want to go through a sermon series very similar to how Vance does it in his church, they can do that. And that will be available at LifeWay.com as well. Very cool. So check that out. Hey, as we wrap up, Brian, we are a part of the LifeWay Leadership uh, Podcast Network. And you want to tell us about a uh, sister podcast? That I would, Chris. I would like to talk today about The One Thing. Have you listened to The One Thing podcast, the one with Scott Sanders and Derek Hanna? Have you listened to it recently? Um, not recently. I need to get back into it. But thanks for asking. As a part of the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network family, they've recently covered topics like handing off ministries, knowing when to say goodbye, and growth barriers. Just look up The One Thing on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. Speaking of subscribing. Speaking of subscribing. We'd love for you to do that. Go to iTunes or wherever you listen to this and subscribe and download. Because actually, that's the only numbers that we get. We get the download numbers. We don't get the streaming numbers. So download so we know that you're listening. And if you'd like to, um, rate us. Only if you like us. If you don't like us, don't rate us. But if you like us, rate us. Leave a comment. We'd love to see that. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Group Answers, and hopefully you enjoyed it, and we'll see you next time for the part two of Behind... No, what what are we calling it now? The story Story behind behind the the study. study. The story behind the study. See you then.